you talking about today? Well, it just changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, welcome back to the Hanging Hunt Podcast. We're talking about filming your hunts, and um, oh I guess that conversation is a prime example of why it's tough to film and record things and put them on the internet. Um, yes. Yeah. It's, you know, I have a really tough time remembering to one hit record or, oh, let's put the deer in focus because I am going to straight kill mode. Yeah. It's, you talked about it before about when, when you said, uh, you know, when you're at a high level of sports or things like that, you go through the process. You're not thinking about the outcome. You go through step-by-step step the process. Yeah. I, I go in full kill focus mode. mode. Yeah. Full focus mode. Dude, I, I get the same way where <clears throat> so often I have to stop myself and remember that the camera is there. So, you know, we self-film. We're, there are a handful of times that we'll have camera guys with us, whatever. But for the most part, we're self-filming, and man, <laughs> for the, the I have so many hunts on oh. on camera that I did everything right on. I recorded the walk in and like told the story of the hunt, and then here comes a deer, and then I say f this, and I throw the camera mm-hmm. out of the way, and I crack it, and so the camera's like looking at a tree. It's like Blair Witch or just a mm-hmm. leaf. And then you hear the shot, and you hear the deer run off, and then I pull it back, and then I have, like, instant regret, where I'm like, damn it. <laughs> just All I had to do was that extra little bit, you know, but there's no there's no story without the harvest there. Um, well, there can be, right? But sure. it, it, it's hard to watch just a camera pointed at a tree, right? So Sure. It's a challenge to – I guess you have to know what you're doing. What, what's the point, right? Are you going in there so you can film deer? Are you going there in there – and your sole purpose is to kill a deer? Is it a combination of the two? And what's going to outweigh? Well, and what's your goal, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what is your like, goal? Are you trying to put videos out like we do on YouTube and, and, and tell the story and show what we're doing? Uh, you know, I think one of the things that we really focus on is we want to be educational. Mm-hmm. We want to be informative. But we also want people, people that don't, like, know us personally you know, like, we're fun guys. We like to have a good time. We don't take anything very seriously other than our hunting, which we obviously take very seriously. But we're very lighthearted and, and jovial people. And, like, we enjoy showing that part of our lives to people. But if you just want to record the hunt and, like, put a tactical on, on front of your boat, like, go for it. You know? Like, yeah, so there are, and there are benefits to that, too. Now, you're not going to be – you're not going to put, you know, awesome production – quality videos out there if you're just looking for i wanted to record the shot i wanted to see where the arrow hit the deer i wanted to see what its reaction was if you're using that video strictly for hunting you don't need high quality you you, all you really need is to make sure that deer was in focus and in the camera view and then it gives you that and that's one of the one of the pros of filming your own hunts is you get to see what happened with that arrow flight? I mean, how many times have you heard people say, oh, my arrow was deflected? Yeah. Was well, it really I, deflected? I smashed that deer. I crushed that deer. Show me. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I got so much penetration that, uh, you know, just the fletching was sticking out. Right. You know, it was a shoulder shot deer. And, yeah, the fletching sticking out yeah. along with 20, 20, 20 some of inches arrow. <laughs> of arrow also. Yeah. So, But your mind doesn't it, – it, it, compensates for for what your eyes are picking up and putting in it can't process every single piece of information that's coming in to your brain so your your mind will then 
um, you know, compensate for it. And, the, and an example of that is when you're driving down the road, you can see things that are, you know, on the road, uh, you know, as you're driving by them. But if you look straight out of your window, not while you're driving, maybe while you're a passenger, right? Look out the side window and you can't pick up details of what's on the ground because it's going so fast. But then if you actually focus on specific things, you can see them. Yeah. You know, if you look at them individually, but otherwise it's a blur. What your eyes are really picking up is actually every detail. It's your brain that's not functioning at that high speed. So when you shoot an animal, it's totally different in your mind as to what happens a lot of times. You know, the, the fletching does a little thing. It's almost like an optical illusion sometimes. Your brain's tricking you a little bit. So watching that footage back, you go, I do not remember it the way that I see it right now. Yeah, and, and even, I mean, we're pretty experienced in in harvesting deer shooting deer and i mean still to this day i'll watch footage and i'm like damn i don't remember that Mm -hmm. right because for me like when i flip the switch and go into kill mode and and i'm like forcing myself to put the camera right and get it framed up and focused it's very like i'm focused on exactly where i want the arrow to hit Mm -hmm. and i'm waiting to start my process of, of my shot sequence but um you know it's very easy to not realize all of what's going on and it's it's very informative to go back and not only look at the shot angles but see the deer and see like just learn from the footage itself you know did the deer hear something was the deer on edge was he not or her was she not Mm -hmm. you know i don't want to assume any genders here whoa (laughs) were they on edge um was it yeah but you know to be able to 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 use it as a learning um you know, to learn from the body language mm-hmm. and to kind of have a refresher there, I think is really nice. But also, it's great for knowing whether or not to go look for a deer or to, to you know, when to look for that deer. Does it need time? Did you hit a little back? Or how much penetration did you get? Like all the things that you cover, it's very, very helpful to have that footage. And you don't need to have the really expensive camera gear that we're running to do that. You know, you can have a GoPro on your bow or on your head and just have as much fun to show your buddies at, at camp or just to have around the house and, and to edit together is, is kind of fun. Like for me, I think that, that filming your hunts, I enjoy sharing our hunts with other people. I really enjoy being able to show people what we experience in our day-to-day life as far as hunting goes. But it is tough. It's a lot of work. You're carrying a ton of gear with you to the tree a lot of extra crap like it's so nice and it's kind of a reminder when we do have a camera guy with us i'm like i don't even need my backpack right you know whereas like when i'm going to the woods by myself or like when we're going in together you have so much gear your camera arm your camera you know if we're filming with a dslr there's the lenses there are extra batteries there are mics there's like all this stuff that you need there are lights in case you harvest one you know like my backpack primarily is for all my camera, camera gear yeah you know i could i can go in and hunt with a fanny pack otherwise i'm so jealous sometimes of people that do but ultimately all of that hard work for me is worth it because i love it when a good video comes out and it's done mm-hmm. and you can kind of tell that story especially if you shoot a great deer or if you shoot a doe i mean it doesn't matter i love telling that story and being able to share that with with everybody so can you kind of go through the process when from you're at home let's say we're going to hunt here in a couple hours which we actually are yeah. um when we go out in a, f- in a few hours um 
what's your process going to be? Now, you already have your, your stuff ready to go. Your, your batteries are charged. Your SD cards are ready to go. No surprise there, right? Right. <laughs> Mr. Anal. Um, Type A personality. So you have everything ready to go. You're packed up. You're, you're basically, you can pick up your pack and roll. But back up just a little bit and tell me what your process is to get that ready before you go to hunt. Yeah. So, I mean, first off, the gear that you're using, you know, everybody else, everybody has a budget, right? Mm -hmm. And we're fortunate that we have a lot of awesome partners in this space. Otherwise, we would not be rocking some mm -hmm. of the camera gear that we have. Um, but, you know, selecting a camera, even boiling down to do you want a mirrorless like DSLR type camera or do you want a camcorder? The camcorder quality is a little lower than that of like a professional DSLR camcorder, but it has so many built-in features that make it way more like roll tide simple, right? Mm -hmm. I tend to go with a camcorder a lot of the time. I bounce back and forth between a, a mirrorless and a camcorder. The camcorder takes up less space. It's better on battery life. There's no record limit. It has a, you know, our camcorders have built-in ND filters, which help keep that iris wide. Um, so we're going with the camcorder batteries are charged. I always keep an extra battery in there and I have two SD cards and I kind of have a process where before at, at the end of each hunt, I'll dump all that content down. I'll back it up on my computer and then I'll delete the SD card. Cause mm -hmm. the last thing I want to do is shoot a deer and then look over at the screen and have it say like memory card was full. Sure. I'll probably hang myself in the tree if that happens. <laughs> right? So it's really important to me to kind of have those that process down but yeah i mean keeping batteries charged and having a backup super important especially in cold weather batteries just get crushed when it's cold out and you know even though the camcorder is great on battery life i just make sure that it's charged and i always have a backup because i'm a firm believer as you all know that two is one one is none mm -hmm. you know and i i you know, have a contingency plan for everything um so Batteries, super important. Memory cards, super important. You know, pay extra to have a good memory card. Don't get, like, a budget card that could potentially crash. Uh, but other than that, like, the one of the things that I make sure I have a ton of are lens cleaning cloths. Because mm -hmm. it's so easy to, like, talk to the camera and spit on it or get mud on it or whatever. Like, weird, random thing. It's mm -hmm. going to happen to you when you least expect it. And... It's just really nice. And if you do. can't clean it, then you're scratching it. Yes. You know. Yeah. So when you get to the tree, um, all of your camera gear is in your pack. You climb up the tree, you get to height. What's your next step? Uh, the first thing I'm doing is hanging my camera arm. So camera arms are really important. And fortunately, they've come a long way. Mm -hmm. From the 40-pound <laughs> arms that, you know, we were using well, years you're, ago. You're still using that muddy arm, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Nothing's brutally bad right it's heavy yeah it's heavy so um you know uh, fourth fourth arrows i'm actually looking at them right now yeah well happy birthday because i got something for you <laughs> hey girl um but yeah i mean the fourth arrow arm is is awesome mm -hmm. highly recommend that um and it's so much smaller more compact it's it's lighter goes on the tree and it's super you. smooth i used i've used yours and it's just it's, it's so smooth that's one other thing i i really liked about it yeah so you put the camera arm on the tree boom yep right and put the camera on the tree i actually will what i'll do is i have a prusik on my tree tether a lot of people ask me online always what that's for it's for hanging my backpack when i get mm -hmm. to hunting height yep. so what i do is i'm clipped into my ropeman 
But what I'll do is I have my Prusik there. I have another carabiner on my backpack that I clip on there. Then I can pull my his strap out, throw that around the tree, put my camera gear and get it set up. Because I like getting all that stuff dialed while my bag is right in front of me. Mm-hmm. It's just way easier to pull it out. Yep. Uh, the last thing I like to do is drop my gear from the tree, which I've mm, done, done plenty that. of times. Yeah. So, um, you know, I just pull it out, get it all set up. Then I'll clip my bag over on the his strap and then i'll pull my bow up see i leave my bag tied, but i i don't you have a prusik right off your tether i actually use the tag end of my tether and i tie my i tie that to the top of my pack so my pack sits right in front of me close to the tree if it's deep if i've got a lot of clothes in it i'll actually strap it to the tree there Mm -hmm. but i hang it from there so then i have more room on my his strap but but you still you pull right out of there you set your camera arm. Now you're facing the tree on a sat with a mm-hmm. saddle. Where do you put your camera arm base on the tree in relation to, say, your tether? Where because you, you put your tether at like, you know, eye level, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my tether is right about you know eyebrow level, mm-hmm. which for me is very dominant and uh, <laughs> sloping so, forehead. Yeah, exactly. Ski slope, baby. So what I like to do is I will put that. Uh, I used to put it down low at like waist level. What I really like to do is get it up high by my tether to where it can look down. So if my tether is coming off here, I'll put my base right about here, which is, for people that are listening, if my tether is at 12 o'clock, I'll have the base at about 11 o'clock. Or sometimes I put it at 1 o'clock. It really depends on the tree mm-hmm. because I'm thinking about where my shot angle is. But then if I need to spin around, I can just pull the camera back with me and I'm not messing with the tether. And you like kind of, and I, I like doing the same thing, you like to grab, reach up to grab your camera and pull it kind of over your head so you're getting more of that overhead, over the shoulder Yeah, so shot. I like the older the, over the shoulder shot. I think it's, it's uh, a better frame up of a shot. But I also like to be where the tether is not impacted by the camera Mm -hmm. so if i'm trying to walk around the tree i can just kind of pull the camera arm with me or if i need to go over the 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 tether pretty quickly and film back on the other side of the tree i can do that really you're not touching the tether yeah or if i need to spin around i can just spin and then just pull the camera with me but i really Mm -hmm. like it, it it the height for me is very important because what I don't want to do is have to be reaching up really high mm-hmm. if a deer's around because that's really noticeable Extra to movement. go back and forth between you know my hand on my release and the camera. So I really like it about top of head height mm-hmm. because I can just kind of like take my arm and kind of run it up my tree tether real carefully and then just pop over to the controls and then slide back down. I find that to be uh, a better um, movement rather than just like reaching up really high. And there have been times that I've had it too high and and you know i've made note of that or i've also had it too low and it's kind of in the way and you with bump your it and you try to spin. yeah so when let, let's say you have your your camera set up um you turn it on you're checking the frame to see you know what what depth what depth of field you that you have there where you're kind of trying to anticipate where the deer is going to be you don't yeah. you don't know but you have a good idea one of the problems that I had, and I still have it sometimes, is I like to pull in too tight. Yep. And you've you've told me that many times. You're like, you pull back out, get more, get a wider field of view. And what's your reasoning behind that? Well, so, like, our cameras are filming in 4K. And when you're filming in 4K, you can crop in after the video and get it framed exactly how you want. But you can't crop out. 
Mm-hmm. So if you're just taking a ultra wide shot, I mean, granted, you can't like zoom in super far in post, but you can make it about half of what it is. So if you're kind of like halfway zoomed in, that's great. Mm-hmm. Everything's in focus. And that's where I like to be, especially when I'm about to shoot an animal. Cause I don't want like, once I've decided that I'm going to shoot that animal right there and, and she's walking towards it, I'm panned out to where I don't have to be moving the camera over and over again i'm just like i'm ready to go Mm -hmm. um because that's what you're saying is so the deer's walking it's getting to the kill spot yep the axe you're already focused the camera's already focused on that spot if it does go another 10 steps you don't have to reach back move the camera when you're already at full draw right exactly yeah because i don't want to have to mess with the camera when i'm at full draw or when i'm like really when that animal is is within you know, 20 degrees or, or 20 steps of its, you know, of my intended harvest spot. Like if they're walking through some brush and I'm, I'm like, I'm going to shoot that doe when she clears that last azalea or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to be moving the camera and then rush my, my shot sequence. So mm-hmm. I just leave it wide. Um, I like to take the camcorder screen and flip it back over so it's flush and I can just look at it real quickly I have focus peaking turned on so I can Mm -hmm. see everything's in focus. I know it's good to go. And then I can start my shot sequence without having to worry about the camera gear. Um, I think that's really important to be able to do that and kind of just like play around with the different spots in your backyard that you think about hanging your tether or hanging your camera base and figure out where it needs to be because that's super super helpful to be able to do that and it's going to be different for everyone yeah right? and it, it depends on how long your lead is and then like also where your shot angle is going to be if you think you're going to have to walk around the tree like let's say you're a guy who hunts with a ring of steps instead of a platform and you might have to walk around the tree well you don't ever want to get to a point where that that tether is now you know coming close to or in contact with your camera or the camera arm because mm-hmm. now you just have a cluster f in front of you that you don't want to have to deal with and usually with the guy guys who are using ring of steps a lot of times they'll have a tether that's a lot longer so they can get farther around a tree a lot easier so there's more yeah, opportunity and, for them to get tangled, and i think they right? like a little more drape also because mm-hmm. you want to sit they're down more sitters because mm-hmm. uh, you have to be because you have that pressure point on your foot so if you are a guy that does that you're probably better off putting your camera base over at like the one o'clock position mm-hmm maybe even like a you know further around the tree to the right side if you're a right-handed shooter come across the bridge because really then what you want to do is be able to take the camera on the opposite side of the tree on your weak side and then you can move around and shoot, and shoot once you've got strong it set up. Mm-hmm. yeah so right after let's say that deer gets in there they're in the window you shoot the one of the difficulties that I've had is worrying about my camera and getting it on the deer while also keeping my eye on the deer. It's so critical yeah. to keep your eye on that deer and know exactly where it went, especially if it runs out of sight. You don't want to know the direction. You want to know the exact leaf that it stepped on the last time that you saw it. So how do you balance between trying to get a shot and trying to uh, focus on where the deer went? What's more important to you at that point? Uh, you So... For me, harvesting the animal is first and foremost, mm-hmm. right? And ethically harvesting the animal. Um, as soon as that arrow is released and I've done my job following through and I've watched the, the 
uh, you know, the knock disappear. Now I have my camera and I'm following that animal. And that's another benefit of being zoomed out wider than being tight. Because if you're tight, obviously smaller field mm-hmm. of view, harder to find, find the critter. If you're panned out, you can just kind of swing it, follow the animal. And you can then again, you can post. generally point if you can't find it. Yeah. Exactly. And that, you know, that's really helped me a lot in, you know, maybe you lose a blood trail and you have to go back and watch the footage. It's really helpful to be like, Oh, I can't believe that deer was like 30 yards right of where I thought she was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you know, again, your mind will play tricks on you and stuff just looks differently on the ground than it does elevated from the tree. So, um, you know, what are some of the downsides though, that you've experienced by filming your hunts? Cause I know I've experienced Mm -hmm. a couple as well. So, um, you know, what are, what are some of the stuff that you notice that kind of makes you be like, God, kind of question filming this stuff well the number one and this this is even more important than you know missing an opportunity on deer because i've missed i've lost opportunities on deer because very very much because i had camera gear oh yeah i'm trying to get a shot or whatever but i think the big one is the weight and it's not that heavy right but it's more of the if the mindset it's the bulk and the weight and, and it's in a pack and it's like well, and the timing to set up. Yes, in the time to set up, it's it's just there's a lot to it. Yeah, and there's a reason why GoPros are still so so popular. Slap one on your head, and go. Yeah, you know. Now, the quality is different. Yeah, I'm not going to say shooting in 4K on a GoPro is bad because you can get some really cool video. And we use GoPros, we, like walking we use it, in you know? and all that you stuff. Know, all, we we absolutely use it, and and they're they're awesome. Um, I think if you wanted something just generally, that's that's a decent way to go. If you want to get really simple, but you're not going to get that higher quality. That I mean, I'm still really trying to break into that higher quality to 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 get better and better. But I, I would say it's that. It's the initial setup and the the weight and the the bulk of it, like you said, because ultimately my goal is to shoot a deer. Yep. It's not necessarily to film that hunt per se. Now, I like doing that. I like telling the story. I like, hey, hey Taylor, check this out. And you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> good job. <laughs> That's garbage. <laughs> We're going to put that right in the recycle bin, aren't we? No. Try again, buddy. No, but I'm. Great job. But <laughs> Warm milk for yeah. Billy. Were you, <laughs> were you drinking when you did that? <laughs> no. I I just, my main goal is to hunt and kill a deer. Yeah. So it's it's taken away from it. But it's more, am I taking away from my experience of hunting when I start worrying about it? That's where the line crosses over. So if I'm getting into a tree and I'm getting frustrated and upset, I'm, I'm, I'm not enjoying myself, and I'm also not killing deer because of it, that's when I start to rethink, not necessarily should I be filming, it's I need to rethink my setup. And, you know, what am I doing wrong that's making this so difficult? Am I putting too much pressure on myself, or is it a technique or skill that I lack? Yeah, one of the things that, one of the biggest downsides in my mind to filming hunts is like we're putting ourselves out there and I don't really care about the, the critique of people, you know, like I, I, mm-hmm. I have pretty thick skin. Mm-hmm. You do too. We both have a lot of siblings. There's literally nothing that I haven't been told. Yeah. Um, but people are smart and people are able to figure out like where we're hunting. I've had some of our property owners get knocks on their door oh, by people asking for permission. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, you let Taylor hunt here. 
mm-hmm. and they're like, how do we, they're like, did you tell them? I'm like, no, I would never tell anybody, you know, like, yep. uh, and, and so people are, are, um, in the past have, have recognized a spot, recognize a playground or something. Neighborhood. Yes. And, street and they, sign. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. a unique house coloring or something in the background of one of our videos and they'll go ask for permission or whatever well, it might be. Look at when Outdoor Life came out. Right. When that article on Outdoor Life came out with us last October, those houses, that neighborhood yeah, pounded got pounded. Yeah. Got absolutely pounded. And in fact, we didn't necessarily lose permission on that one house that's I don't even know if it's in it, it's in that it's in that neighborhood. We didn't yeah. lose permission there, but they were like, Look, no more filming here. Yeah. You can hunt here, but no more filming there. And we've actually there are other properties too that we're not allowed to film on because of certain clientele. They, you know, maybe they have certain job security and things like that, that they can't have anyone recording anything at their house. Which so, is totally cool. Yeah. And and we honor every one of those requests. There's some other opportunities that we have where we hunt where we just can't film it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're also, like, this time of year, I don't like filming our hunts just from the sole perspective of, um, you know, the type of animals that we're shooting right now. I mean, it, it's a... Um, it's a conflicting feeling we have. Like we know that we need to be shooting deer this time of year, but it's a little tough when, mm-hmm. um, as a human being. Yeah, when you know, when you're when you're in population control, you correct. know, a lot it's a, a lot different of, mode than a hunting. lot of times the, you know, population control. Sometimes folks don't look at it as hunting, as much as they do when you go out and shoot a buck. Right. But it's, I mean, a deer is a deer is a deer. I mean, they're. They're all deer, just like yeah. people are people, you know. Well, and it, it's a numbers thing. If mm-hmm. you can shoot one doe before that doe has three does or two does, mm-hmm. you know, you're able to to really be more efficient in your population control. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are a lot of times this time of year when we're hunting where I'm like, it's a heavy feeling. It mm-hmm. does not feel good. But at the same time, you know that we're doing our part and our mission is to kind of get back. So that's that's another thing. But this this time of year also, one of the other reasons I, I find it hard to have camera gear in the trees because the trees are blank. Yeah. And it's just one more thing there that has a silhouette. There's one more piece that can move. It's just, it, it's added an extra. You have to have even more concealment. God, if we weren't saddle hunting, I don't know. I, sometimes I don't know how guys that, that regularly From tree stand hunt regular tree stand, yeah. are able to film stuff. Yeah, because they're, they're sticking out so far. Well, and it's and in your way. Hide. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like, I, I've had, I had a deer this season where I was at full draw, and the deer was walking, and I followed her, and then all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I was like, what is that? And I looked down, and the camera was, like, in my bowstring path, where I was like, okay, <laughs> and I had to let down. And, and I ended up not being able to shoot that deer mm-hmm. because, like, by the time I got resituated, she had already cleared off and now was, mm-hmm. like, out of range and was hard-quartered away. And I'm like – You didn't just fling one? Not just <laughs> – yeah. So I shot her in the butt. No, but <laughs> I was just like, you know, that a camera saved that deer's life. Mm-hmm. And there, there are more times than not – that a camera has kind of saved that deer's life. And also one of the negatives is I love urban hunting. I love what we're doing. There's, it's so unique. It's always a challenge, but we're able to show more people that, and now we have more competition, Mm -hmm. you know, where there are more and more people that are hunting in the burbs. And on one hand, that's awesome. And, And ultimately I'm glad for that because we need it from a, 
from an ecological standpoint, these deer need to be reduced. And if we're able to get more guys out in the woods and doing it ethically and, and doing a great job, like I'm totally cool with it. I'd rather have five properties and you and I kill five deer a year and I'd be stoked for that. Right. Well, maybe more Not than five, really. but yeah. 20. But yeah, I mean, sometimes I feel almost burdened by the amount of properties we have where it's like homeowners are constantly calling you, telling you, Hey, there are deer here. Why aren't you out here? Why aren't you out here? And it's like, because I have 10 other people that are bugging me and like, I have a responsibility in my family and my job also. Mm-hmm. Like, trust me, ma'am, there's nothing I would like to do more than come out there and shoot four of the deer off your deck or whatever. That's I, fun to do, though. It is fun. There's there's no setup there. Now, I've never, I've actually never filmed off of a deck. Because of the tripod. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a tripod. I can fix that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, are, Vortex can fix that because right? they came out with that new those new carbon pods, which are so oh, good. that's right, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, is filming your hunts worth, or are, is it worth it to film your hunts? Yeah, to me it is because mm-hmm. I like putting out the educational content. I like putting stuff out there. I like reliving the hunts. But is it for everyone? No, and and maybe if you're just a dude who wants to film your hunts and like show your family, or, or show your buddies at hunting camp, you know, like. Uh, one of our buddies on our lease killed a, a good deer this year and, uh, he filmed it on a tactic cam and it was like awesome for everybody back at the, at the cabin to watch it and then make fun of the dude for where he shot it. And it was funny cause you know, he shot this deer on a steep incline and as soon as it started sliding out, he's like, Oh no, Oh no, come come back. <laughs> don't fall down. The, don't fall down. The hill. Oh no. <laughs> but you know, like in, and it was great to have mm-hmm. that footage to rib him with. But, you know, is he trying to put it online? No. And and that's perfect for him. And, and that's cool. So, like, I think ultimately keep it fun. Don't make it work. And do whatever you want to do and, mm-hmm. and just enjoy it. And, and I mean, dude, there are plenty of times that we go hunt and we don't take our camera gear with us. And, unfortunately, that's when, like, the coolest stuff happens mm-hmm. or, like, something you really wish you could share. Last year, I didn't take my camera with me on one hunt. And that was a hunt that I had an absolute bruiser buck that we've been chasing for three years on this property at 30 yards and wasn't wasn't able to shoot him. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, I was actually thinking about this the other day, randomly in the shower, where I was like, I wish I could show people that deer. Like, I wish <laughs> I could show people what happened there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's fun. I enjoy it. And until it becomes work, I think we're always going to continue to do it. But I... I definitely would caution people, like, don't take it too seriously. It's hunting. It's yeah. recreation. Because I mean, you can go down any rabbit hole, and you can go as deep as you want to. So, like you said earlier, what are your goals with this? Is it just to take it back to camp and share with your buddies and your family? Is it to come out with, you know, top-notch, high-quality, you know, capture-creative type, you know, level stuff? Well, I mean, you're going to sp- that, that's going to be your career. Yeah. So, just... I think manage your own expectation of what you can do and what you also have a goal of what you want to do, right? Yep, absolutely. Well, I hope that answers everybody's questions. If you guys have any specific questions on, like, the gear we're using or, you know, where to hang your tether or your tether. (laughs) Put it in the tree. (laughs) In the tree. (laughs) Eye level. (laughs) Sloping brow. Yeah. If you guys have any questions, let us know. But thanks for listening. And, um, yeah, leave a review. Tell Tell us what you like. Give yeah, us some stars. And com- comments too, you know. Yeah. L- let us know. We we will definitely interact with you guys. Um but we appreciate you listening to the Hanging Hunt podcast, guys. Thanks for checking out. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks.